excursus part two of laws by plato translated by benjamin jowett this librivox recording is in the public domain excursus part two one evidence a at athens a child was not allowed to give evidence telfy plato has a similar law a child shall be allowed to give evidence only in cases of murder b at athens an unwilling witness might be summoned but he was not required to appear if he was ready to declare on oath that he knew nothing about the matter in question telfy so in the laws c athenian law enacted that when more than half the witnesses in a case had been convicted of perjury there was to be a new trial and a dicos crisis telfy there is a similar provision in the laws d false witness was punished at athens by atimia and a fine telfy plato is at once more lenient and more severe if a man be twice convicted of false witness he shall not be required and if thrice he shall not be allowed to bear witness and if he dare to witness after he has been convicted three times he shall be punished with death two murder a wilful murder was punished in athenian law by death perpetual exile and confiscation of property telfy plato too has the alternative of death or exile but he does not confiscate the murderer's property b the parricide was not allowed to escape by going into exile at athens telfy nor apparently in the laws c a homicide if forgiven by his victim before death received no punishment either at athens telfy or in the magnesian state in both telfy the contriver of a murder is punished as severely as the doer and persons accused of the crime are forbidden to enter temples or the agora until they have been tried telfy d at athens slaves who killed their masters and were caught red-handed were not to be put to death by the relations of the murdered man but to be handed over to the magistrates telfy so in the laws the slave who is guilty of wilful murder has a public execution but if the murder is committed in anger it is punished by the kinsmen of the victim three involuntary homicide a the guilty person according to the athenian law had to go into exile and might not return until the family of the man slain were conciliated then he must be purified telfy if he is caught before he has obtained forgiveness he may be put to death these enactments reappear in the laws b the curious provision of plato that a stranger who has been banished for involuntary homicide and is subsequently wrecked upon the coast must take up his abode on the sea-shore wetting his feet in the sea and watching for an opportunity of sailing recalls the procedure of the eudicium phraeatium at athens according to which an involuntary homicide who having gone into exile is accused of a wilful murder was tried at phraeato for this offence in a boat by magistrates on the shore 
c a still more singular law occurring both in the athenian and magnesian code enacts that a stone or other inanimate object which kills a man is to be tried and cast over the border telfy for justifiable or excusable homicide plato and athenian law agree in making homicide justifiable or excusable in the following cases one at the games telfy two in war telfy three if the person slain was found doing violence to a free woman telfy four if a doctor's patient dies five in the case of a robber telfy six in self-defence telfy five impiety death or expulsion was the athenian penalty for impiety telfy in the laws it is punished in various cases by imprisonment for five years for life and by death six sacrilege robbery of temples at athens was punished by death refusal of burial in the land and confiscation of property telfy in the laws the citizen who is guilty of such a crime is to perish ingloriously and be cast beyond the borders of the land but his property is not confiscated seven sorcery the sorcerer at athens was to be executed telfy compare laws where it is enacted that the physician who poisons and the professional sorcerer shall be punished with death eight treason both at athens and in the laws the penalty for treason was death telfy and refusal of burial in the country telfy nine sheltering exiles if a man receives an exile he shall be punished with death so too in athenian law telfy ten wounding athenian law compelled a man who had wounded another to go into exile if he returned he was to be put to death telfy plato only punishes the offence with death when children wound their parents or one another or a slave wounds his master eleven bribery death was the punishment for taking a bribe both at athens telfy and in the laws but athenian law offered an alternative the payment of a fine of ten times the amount of the bribe twelve theft plato like athenian law telfy punishes the theft of public property by death the theft of private property in both involves a fine of double the value of the stolen goods telfy thirteen suicide he who slays him who of all men as they say is his own best friend is regarded in the same spirit by plato and by athenian law plato would have him buried ingloriously on the borders of the twelve portions of the land in such places as are uncultivated and nameless and no column or inscription is to mark the place of his interment athenian law enacted that the hand which did the deed should be separated from the body and be buried apart telfy fourteen injury in cases of wilful injury athenian law compelled the guilty person to pay double the damage in cases of involuntary injury simple damages telfy 
plato enacts that if a man wounds another in passion and the wound is curable he shall pay double the damage if incurable or disfiguring fourfold damages if however the wounding is accidental he shall simply pay for the harm done fifteen treatment of parents athenian law allowed any one to indict another for neglect or ill-treatment of parents telfy so plato bids bystanders assist a father who is assaulted by his son and allows any one to give information against children who neglect their parents sixteen execution of sentences both plato and athenian law give to the winner of a suit power to seize the goods of the loser if he does not pay within the appointed time Telfy at athens the penalty was also doubled telfy not so in plato plato however punishes contempt of court by death which at athens seems only to have been visited with a further fine telfy seventeen property a both at athens and in the laws a man who has disputed property in his possession must give the name of the person from whom he received it telfy and any one searching for lost property must enter a house naked telfy or as plato says naked or wearing only a short tunic and without a girdle b athenian law as well as plato did not allow a father to disinherit his son without good reason and the consent of impartial persons telfy neither grants to the eldest son any special claim on the paternal estate telfy in the law of inheritance both prefer males to females telfy c plato and athenian law enacted that a tree should be planted at a fair distance from a neighbour's property telfy and that when a man could not get water his neighbour must supply him telfy both at athens and in plato there is a law about bees the former providing that a beehive must be set up at not less a distance than three hundred feet from a neighbour's telfy and the latter forbidding the decoying of bees eighteen orphans a ward must proceed against a guardian whom he suspects of fraud within five years of the expiration of the guardianship this provision is common to plato and to athenian law telfy further the latter enacted that the nearest male relation should marry or provide a husband for an heiress telfy a point in which plato follows it closely nineteen contracts plato's law that when a man makes an agreement which he does not fulfil unless the agreement be of a nature which the law or a vote of the assembly does not allow or which he has made under the influence of some unjust compulsion or which he is prevented from fulfilling against his will by some unexpected chance the other party may go to law with him according to pollux quoted in telfy's note prevailed also at athens twenty trade regulations a lying was forbidden in the agora both by plato and at athens telfy b athenian law allowed an action of recovery against a man who sold an unsound slave as sound telfy plato's enactment is more explicit he allows only an unskilled person that is one who is not a trainer 
or physician to take proceedings in such a case c plato diverges from athenian practice in the disapproval of credit and does not even allow the supply of goods on the deposit of a percentage of their value telfy he enacts that when goods are exchanged by buying and selling a man shall deliver them and receive the price of them at a fixed place in the agora and have done with the matter and that he who gives credit must be satisfied whether he obtain his money or not for in such exchanges he will not be protected by law d athenian law forbade an extortionate rate of interest telfy plato allows interest in one case only if a contractor does not receive the price of his work within a year of the time agreed and at the rate of two hundred per cent per annum for every drachma a monthly interest of an obol e both at athens and in the laws sales were to be registered telfy as well as births telfy twenty one sumptuary laws extravagance at weddings telfy and at funerals telfy was forbidden at athens and also in the magnesian state there remains the subject of family life which in plato's laws partakes both of an athenian and spartan character under this head may conveniently be included the condition of women and of slaves to family life may be added citizenship as at sparta marriages are to be contracted for the good of the state and they may be dissolved on the same ground where there is a failure of issue the interest of the state requiring that every one of the five thousand forty lots should have an heir divorces are likewise permitted by plato where there is an incompatibility of temper as at athens by mutual consent the duty of having children is also enforced by a still higher motive expressed by plato in the noble words a man should cling to immortality and leave behind him children's children to be the servants of god in his place again as at athens the father is allowed to put away his undutiful son but only with the consent of impartial persons telfy and the only suit which may be brought by a son against a father is for imbecility the class of elder and younger men and women are still to regard one another as in the republic as standing in the relation of parents and children this is a trait of spartan character rather than of athenian a peculiar sanctity and tenderness was to be shown towards the aged the parent or grandparent stricken with years was to be loved and worshipped like the image of a god and was to be deemed far more able than any lifeless statue to bring good or ill to his descendants great care is to be taken of orphans they are entrusted to the fifteen eldest guardians of the law who are to be lawgivers and fathers to them not inferior to their natural fathers as at athens they were entrusted to the archons plato wishes to make the misfortune of orphanhood as little sad to them as possible plato seeing the disorder into which half the human race had fallen at athens and sparta is minded to frame for them a new rule of life he renounces his fanciful theory of communism but still desires to place women as far as possible on 
an equality with men they were to be trained in the use of arms they are to live in public their time was partly taken up with gymnastic exercises there could have been little family or private life among them their lot was to be neither like that of spartan women who were made hard and common by excessive practice of gymnastic and the want of all other education nor yet like that of athenian women who at least among the upper classes retired into a sort of oriental seclusion but something better than either they were to be the perfect mothers of perfect children yet not wholly taken up with the duties of motherhood which were to be made easy to them as far as possible parentheses compare republic but able to share in the perils of war and to be the companions of their husbands here more than anywhere else the spirit of the laws reverts to the republic in speaking of them as the companions of their husbands we must remember that it is an athenian and not a spartan way of life which they are invited to share a life of gaiety and brightness not of austerity and abstinence which often by a reaction degenerated into license and grossness in plato's age the subject of slavery greatly interested the minds of thoughtful men and how best to manage this troublesome piece of goods exercised his own mind a good deal he admits that they have often been found better than brethren or sons in the hour of danger and are capable of rendering important public services by informing against offenders for this they are to be rewarded and the master who puts a slave to death for the sake of concealing some crime which he has committed is held guilty of murder but they are not always treated with equal consideration the punishments inflicted on them bear no proportion to their crimes they are to be addressed only in the language of command their masters are not to jest with them lest they should increase the hardship of their lot some privileges were granted to them by athenian law of which there is no mention in plato they were allowed to purchase their freedom from their master and if they despaired of being liberated by him they could demand to be sold on the chance of falling into better hands but there is no suggestion in the laws that a slave who tried to escape should be branded with the words catechime fuego or that evidence should be extracted from him by torture that the whole household was to be executed if the master was murdered and the perpetrator remained undetected all these were provisions of athenian law plato is more consistent than either the athenians or the spartans for at sparta too the helots were treated in a manner almost unintelligible to us on the one hand they had arms put into their hands and served in the army not only as at plataea in attendance on their masters but after they had been manumitted as a separate body of troops called neodamides on the other hand they were the victims of one of the greatest crimes recorded in greek history thucydides the two great philosophers of hellas sought to extricate themselves from this cruel condition of human life but acquiesced in the necessity of it a noble and pathetic sentiment of plato suggested by the thought of their misery may be quoted in this place the right treatment of slaves is to behave properly to them and to do to them if possible even more justice than to those who are our equals for he who naturally and genuinely reverences justice and hates injustice is discovered 
in his dealings with any class of men to whom he can easily be unjust and he who in regard to the natures and actions of his slaves is undefiled by impiety and injustice will best sow the seeds of virtue in them and this may be truly said of every master and tyrant and of every other having authority in relation to his inferiors all the citizens of the magnesian state were free and equal there was no distinction of rank among them such as is believed to have prevailed at sparta their number was a fixed one corresponding to the five thousand forty lots one of the results of this is the requirement that younger sons or those who have been disinherited shall go out to a colony at athens where there was not the same religious feeling against increasing the size of the city the number of citizens must have been liable to considerable fluctuations several classes of persons who were not citizens by birth were admitted to the privilege perpetual exiles from other countries people who settled there to practice a trade telfy any one who had shown distinguished valour in the cause of athens the plataeans who escaped from the siege medics and strangers who offered to serve in the army the slaves who fought at argenusai all these could or did become citizens even those who were only on one side of athenian parentage were at more than one period accounted citizens but at times there seems to have arisen a feeling against this promiscuous extension of the citizen body an expression of which is to be found in the law of pericles manus athenaeus aenai tus ek duan athenian gegonatus parentheses plutarch pericles and at no time did the adopted citizen enjoy the full rights of citizenship for example he might not be elected archon or to the office of priest telfy although this prohibition did not extend to his children if born of a citizen wife plato never thinks of making the medic much less the slave a citizen his treatment of the former class is at once more gentle and more severe than that which prevailed at athens he imposes upon them no tax but good behaviour whereas at athens they were required to pay twelve drachmae per annum and to have a patron on the other hand he only allows them to reside in the magnesian state on condition of following a trade they were required to depart when their property exceeded that of the third class and in any case after a residence of twenty years unless they could show that they had conferred some great benefit on the state this privileged position reflects that of the isotelius at athens who were excused from the metoikion it is plato's greatest concession to the medic as the bestowal of freedom is his greatest concession to the slave lastly there is a more general point of view under which the laws of plato may be considered the principles of jurisprudence which are contained in them these are not formally announced but are scattered up and down to be observed by the reflective reader for himself some of them are only the common principles which all courts of justice have gathered from experience others are peculiar and characteristic that judges should sit at fixed times and hear causes in a regular order that evidence should be laid before them that false witnesses should be disallowed and corruption punished 
that defendants should be heard before they are convicted these are the rules not only of the hellenic courts but of courts of law in all ages and countries but there are also points which are peculiar and in which ancient jurisprudence differs considerably from modern some of them are of great importance it could not be said at athens nor was it ever contemplated by plato that all men including medics and slaves should be equal in the eye of the law there was some law for the slave but not much no adequate protection was given him against the cruelty of his master it was a singular privilege granted both by the athenian and magnesian law to a murdered man that he might before he died pardon his murderer in which case no legal steps were afterwards to be taken against him this law is the remnant of an age in which the punishment of offences against the person was the concern rather of the individual and his kinsmen than of the state plato's division of crimes into voluntary and involuntary and those done from passion only partially agrees with the distinction which modern law has drawn between murder and manslaughter his attempt to analyze them is confused by the socratic paradox that all vice is involuntary it is singular that both in the laws and at athens theft is commonly punished by a twofold restitution of the article stolen the distinction between civil and criminal courts or suits was not yet recognized possession gives a right of property after a certain time the religious aspect under which certain offences were regarded greatly interfered with a just and natural estimate of their guilt as among ourselves the intent to murder was distinguished by plato from actual murder we note that both in plato and the laws of athens libel in the market-place and personality in the theatre were forbidden both in plato and athenian law as in modern times the accomplice of a crime is to be punished as well as the principal plato does not allow a witness in a cause to act as a judge of it oaths are not to be taken by the parties to a suit both at athens and in plato's laws capital punishment for murder was not to be inflicted if the offender was willing to go into exile respect for the dead duty towards parents are to be enforced by the law as well as by public opinion plato proclaims the noble sentiment that the object of all punishment is the improvement of the offender finally he repeats twice over as with the voice of a prophet that the crimes of the fathers are not to be visited upon the children in this respect he is nobly distinguished from the oriental and indeed from the spirit of athenian law compare telphi dei kai autas kai tus ek tutan atimus ainai as the hebrew in the age of ezekiel is from the jewish people of former ages of all plato's provisions the object is to bring the practice of the law more into harmony with reason and philosophy to secure impartiality and while acknowledging that every citizen has a right to share in the administration of justice to counteract the tendency of the courts to become mere popular assemblies thus we have arrived at the end of the writings of plato and at the last stage of philosophy which was really his 
for in what followed which we chiefly gather from the uncertain intimations of aristotle the spirit of the master no longer survived the doctrine of ideas passed into one of numbers instead of advancing from the abstract to the concrete the theories of plato were taken out of their context and either asserted or refuted with a provoking literalism the socratic or platonic element in his teaching was absorbed into the pythagorean or megarian his poetry was converted into mysticism his unsubstantial visions were assailed secundum artem by the rules of logic his political speculations lost their interest when the freedom of hellas had passed away of all his writings the laws were the furthest removed from the traditions of the platonic school in the next generation both his political and his metaphysical philosophy are for the most part misinterpreted by aristotle the best of him his love of truth and his contemplation of all time and all existence was soonest lost and some of his greatest thoughts have slept in the ear of mankind almost ever since they were first uttered we have followed him during his forty or fifty years of authorship from the beginning when he first attempted to depict the teaching of socrates in a dramatic form down to the time at which the character of socrates had disappeared and we have the latest reflection of plato's own mind upon hellas and upon philosophy he who was the last of the poets in his book of laws writes prose only he has himself partly fallen under the rhetorical influences which in his earlier dialogues he was combating the progress of his writings is also the history of his life we have no other authentic life of him they are the true self of the philosopher stripped of the accidents of time and place the great effort which he makes is first to realize abstractions secondly to connect them in the attempt to realize them he was carried into a transcendental region in which he isolated them from experience and we pass out of the range of science into poetry or fiction the fancies of mythology for a time cast a veil over the gulf which divides phenomena from anta mino phaedrus symposium phaedo in his return to earth plato meets with a difficulty which has long ceased to be a difficulty to us he cannot understand how these obstinate unmanageable ideas residing alone in their heaven of abstraction can be either combined with one another or adapted to phenomena parmenides philebus sophist that which is the most familiar process of our own minds to him appeared to be the crowning achievement of the dialectical art the difficulty which in his own generation threatened to be the destruction of philosophy he has rendered unmeaning and ridiculous for by his conquests in the world of mind our thoughts are widened and he has furnished us with new dialectical instruments which are of greater compass and power we have endeavoured to see him as he truly was a great original genius struggling with unequal conditions of knowledge not prepared with a system nor evolving in a series of dialogues ideas 
which he had long conceived but contradictory inquiring as he goes along following the argument first from one point of view and then from another and therefore arriving at opposite conclusions hovering around the light and sometimes dazzled with excess of light but always moving in the same element of ideal truth we have seen him also in his decline when the wings of his imagination have begun to droop but his experience of life remains and he turns away from the contemplation of the eternal to take a last sad look at human affairs and so having brought into the world noble children Phaedrus, he rests from the labours of authorship more than two thousand two hundred years have passed away since he returned to the place of apollo and the muses yet the echo of his words continues to be heard among men because of all philosophers he has the most melodious voice he is the inspired prophet or teacher who can never die the only one in whom the outward form adequately represents the fair soul within in whom the thoughts of all who went before him are reflected and of all who come after him are partly anticipated other teachers of philosophy are dried up and withered after a few centuries they have become dust but he is fresh and blooming and is always begetting new ideas in the minds of men they are one-sided and abstract but he has many sides of wisdom nor is he always consistent with himself because he is always moving onward and knows that there are many more things in philosophy than can be expressed in words and that truth is greater than consistency he who approaches him in the most reverent spirit shall reap most of the fruit of his wisdom he who reads him by the light of ancient commentators will have the least understanding of him we may see him with the eye of the mind in the groves of the academy or on the banks of the elysus or in the streets of athens alone or walking with socrates full of those thoughts which have since become the common possession of mankind or we may compare him to a statue hid away in some temple of zeus or apollo no longer existing on earth a statue which has a look as of the god himself or we may once more imagine him following in another state of being the great company of heaven which he beheld of old in a vision Phaedrus, so partly trifling but with a certain degree of seriousness symposium we linger around the memory of a world which has passed away Phaedrus. end of excursus part two